Welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast. My name is Marianne Metz, and I'll be your host. As a female navigating the challenges that rise with leadership, I wanted to start a conversation with you as a woman in the workforce myself and offer a resource for leadership excellence. This podcast series is sponsored by Ascension Transformation Solutions, your business transformation technology partner. As you tune in to listen, you will meet Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland, our leadership experts who will be answering questions to offer you exclusive insights to help you thrive in your career. Stick around. Hi, and thank you for joining us again on the Women in Leadership podcast series. I would like to welcome our leadership experts, Debbie Collard and Susan Ireland, both executive coaches and founders of the Seasons Leadership Program. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Marianne. Hi, Marianne. So in today's episode, we are talking about being a values-based leader and what that looks like in today's world. Susan, can you define what this looks like in the workplace today for our listeners? Well, first of all, we are all leaders, whether we want to be or not. We are an example to someone, even when we don't realize we're setting an example. The example may be negative or it may be positive. It may influence people to do something they wouldn't otherwise do, or it may influence, influence them to avoid doing something. We may never know the impact of our examples, but the point is that we are influencing others all the time, and therefore we are leaders. There are so many types of workplaces today that it's impossible to have one definition of what being a values-based leader means in every circumstances. But to start with, in general, leaders who work and lead from the foundation of their values are grounded and have a self-confidence that others notice. They instill trust in the people they lead because they know that the leaders, they know what the leader stands for and can count on them to make decisions based on those values. If they have a choice, people choose to work for leaders who share their values and they work harder. Having clear values and communicating them often aligns the team, attracts others who share those values, customers, partners, even the community. And people who do not share the values have a choice to go another way where they do find alignment but there still remains a level of respect with that clarity. You know who you're dealing with. I love this topic and you're exactly right. To be a values-based leader, it starts with your own belief system. Debbie, can we talk about how successful leaders incorporate their own values in the workplace? Absolutely, Marianne. You know, just like leadership where we are a leader even if we want don't want to be one or don't know that we're one, we are being a leader because we're setting an example for someone, just as Susan said. Values are very similar. We each have a set of values, even if we're not conscious of them. They're the principles that we live by, make decisions by, the things that motivate and drive us to do what we do or to avoid doing something that isn't aligned with our values. When our actions are congruent with our values, then things tend to go well for us. But when we're acting in a way that's in conflict with our values, then things don't go as smoothly because there's an inherent discord caused by the lack of alignment. And we may even experience side effects from that lack of alignment. Author Ray Dalio in his book, Principles, says that for any group or organization to function well, its principles must be aligned with its members' life principles. 
When employees and leaders have values that are in alignment with the principles of the organization they work in, it results in high-performing teams and organizations. Employees whose values are being supported by the organizational values tend to be happier and more engaged. So it's a win-win situation for leaders to take the time to understand what values or life principles drive them and further to go through an exercise with their team to explicitly define a set of operating principles for that organization. Doing this helps create and support an environment for success because then everyone can make resonant decisions and take intentional values-based actions. That's great, Debbie. What an amazing quote. And speaking of successful leaders, according to author and values-based ethics expert, Frank Baracro, there are four questions we need to ask ourselves to learn if we are being a true values-based leader. One of these questions is, what example am I setting? Susan, can you tell us about a time where you found this question helpful in your career? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, Because as I advanced in my career, I became aware that people who worked for me and around me watched what I did and also how I did it. Honestly, I was surprised and taken aback about how much people did notice and commented on it. Um, One of my values is growth and development, especially for people who work for me directly or indirectly. I realized that if that really was so important to me, that I better be more deliberate about doing as I said. So I continued education in leadership, business, and coaching. I went back and got my uh, master's in management. um, And I also started on my coaching certificate. But I also made sure that development was an official part of my performance management, which set up annual goals and objectives that I was accountable to my boss for. I initiated actions to support people in developing their leadership capabilities, including opportunities to expand their networks or learn about positions that were inspired by their passion. I believe that these actions accelerated many people's careers. And I think it also accelerated my career because I was aligned with my, my values And I was excited about it. And that was apparent to the people who worked around me and the people I worked for. That's awesome. What a great example. And staying on this topic of setting an example, Debbie, I'm interested to hear how someone should know their values and how they begin to define them. Another great question, Marianne. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we all have values that we live by, make decisions by, values that motivate us, even if we aren't conscious of what those are. We as humans are each on our own unique journey, and we have our own set of values unique to us. So how do we identify what those values are? Well, there are many lists of values out there in the world, and there are many approaches to identifying what your own personal values are. For myself, I like taking a simple approach, and I learned this in IPEC coach training. IPEC stands for the Institute for for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And we went through a very simple process there. The first step is ask yourself to think about a time in your life that was really good. What value was being honored or expressed? 
Then think about a time when you were upset or angry. What value was being challenged? When we're happy, it generally indicates that a value is being honored, like family, fun, respect, nature, abundance. There are millions of values. When we're upset, it's often because one or more of our values is being violated or stepped on. So once you ask yourself these questions about a time when life was good and a time when you were upset or angry, and you come up with a list of one to five values, then you can test whether they're really values by asking yourself for each one. Does this drive me? Must I have this in my life? If this is compromised, do I experience internal conflict or have a visceral reaction because of it? And you can also prioritize your values by testing. If I can have A, but not B, am I okay with that? If so, then that's the right order. If not, switch the order. And you repeat this throughout the whole list of values that you've come up with. Typically, after going through this process, your core values are going to rise to the top. One important note, though, one's values don't tend to change much during your life, but the priority order of them can and does change dependent on your situation. For example, If your first priority is family and your second priority is health and you become ill, health may switch to your first priority for a time so that you can get healthy again and then can make your family your first priority again. So you can see how application of a value in context can easily change the priority of it. So it sounds like values are either honored or challenged. So we need to test and prioritize our results in order to discover our core values, which are according to our circumstances. Correct. So it's clear that you both support the idea of values-based leadership. Susan, can you tell us how you and Debbie incorporated the concept of values-based leadership into your seasons program? Well, you can see, Marianne, by our answers here that we are very passionate about this. And when we decided we were going to be partners in the Seasons Leadership Program, one of the first things we scheduled was was a three-day in-person meeting since Debbie and I live in different cities. Our first order of business was to document our shared values, which was a fun exercise, especially with Debbie. We used the process that Debbie mentioned, and it really worked. And we are like sticky notes and circling and (laughs) discussing, you know, each of the values. Um, And we narrowed down our priority values and then designed the business around those values. Uh, Do you want to hear our values for Seasons Leadership? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Integrity, respect, honor, trust, communication, excellence, connection, community, growth, inclusion, strength, creativity, and resilience. I'm proud of those. Me too. I love those. I think all women um, can relate to those core values. And what a great insight, because also I'm sure many of us have experienced leadership styles that lacked these kinds of value-based foundations. Debbie, can you describe a situation where you found it absolutely critical to be aligned with your values and your leadership? Yes, I will be happy to give you an example, but I want to first say that I think it's always critical to be aligned with your values. (laughs) I think um, when we aren't, it gets us in a lot of trouble. 
Let's see. For this example I'm going to give you, it's probably important to share that one of my core values is integrity. It all also is one for Seasons Leadership, but it's one of my personal core values as well. I was leading an effort at one point to do an organizational assessment where a team of examiners employed by me went into each division to conduct an assessment of that organization. The findings were then organized and put into a presentation that would be brief to the CEO at the leadership team meeting. Each of the division presidents was briefed individually on the results of their assessment at least two weeks prior to this overall leadership team presentation. So the day of the presentation um, showed up to the CEO and his leadership team, and one of the division presidents pulled me aside to ask if we could call an audible and postpone briefing the assessment results that day. When I asked him why, he said, well, by my own admission, I didn't really take this assessment as seriously as I should have. But then I found out you're going to brief all the results in front of the entire leadership team. And he was worried that his peers were going to see his scores. And these guys are very, very competitive, especially with each other. So when he asked me that, I had to pause for a moment because as I thought about postponing the briefing, I noticed I was nervous. I had this yucky feeling in my stomach, not because I was being asked by a division president that far outranked me. That didn't really bother me. What happened was because inside, I knew postponing this was not the right thing to do. And it didn't align with my values, although I don't know that I could have articulated that at that moment. I also didn't want to totally disregard his situation, though, so I proposed a compromise. We'll go ahead with the presentation that day, but I would say when I briefed his section that he and I had talked and agreed to action planning to correct the issues the assessment team found, and that he would have invited us back for a follow-up assessment in 90 days. He readily agreed to this compromise as it was a win-win that allowed him to save face while allowing me to honor my value of integrity. If I had chosen that day to ignore my values and had honored his request, as he asked, it would have had multiple negative repercussions in the organization and for me personally. But, you know, most of all, I wouldn't have felt very good about myself because I had violated one of my core values. Yeah, that's such a powerful example because I think we both believe value-based leadership is about going above and beyond. And that's exactly what you did which is inspiring to me and our listeners, I'm sure. Thank you. Susan, can you now also talk about a time where something happened that challenged your values belief system? If there was a crisis, does it mean that you have to choose a new approach? Sure. And I'm thinking of a pretty recent example, and this is with Season's Leadership uh, Program. Um, When we were just first starting, we had an interesting situation that came up. So our original program design was an in-person experience at a hotel in downtown Seattle. Um, Our core values that we prioritized for selecting the hotel was community, connection, and trust. We found a hotel and the representative, excuse me, the representative we contacted was shared our values and was excited to support the program. Debbie and I were thrilled with the space and with the representative, and we knew we had a great solution that would support our program participants and the program objectives. 
But within a few months, the hotel representative left for another job and another push person took her position. He was very nice, but we never quite connected. He was busy, of course, because he was getting up to speed on his new job. And Debbie and I wanted to give him some time to become the trusted partner we had earlier. But within a few weeks of that, there was another change. And this time we were connected with someone with a more corporate role. Now there isn't anything wrong with that, but it was clear that our program wasn't their priority and they were not as helpful or connected. Um, it felt more transactional than a, than a relationship that we were looking for. Well, Debbie and I had a meeting where we were both honest about our feelings that this arrangement wasn't the same and we weren't really feeling good about it, but we were also really worried about finding something else. There were, we were only a few months from the start of our program and the meeting space in Seattle was scarce at that time. But we made the decision that this just wasn't right and we needed to find another place that was more in line with who we are. And we actually did find somebody. We found a hotel that welcomed us in our program and they went out of their way to support us. The representative there was more of a partner and really shared our values. It was, it was just a, um, like immediate connection, very helpful. And then when I contacted the, part, the first hotel to let them know we had found somebody else and wanted to cancel, they were more than happy to get their space back. Uh, you know, I think they may have had a different idea for another customer. Um, they were nice, but it was, again, just transactional. So it really worked out. As it turned out, then COVID-19 happened. And after we had our first wonderful in-person session at the hotel, we had to cancel the rest of the in-person sessions and take the program totally online. Even with that disappointment, the second hotel was understanding and helpful and continued to act as our partner, even though they themselves were going through a horrendous experience, one of the most difficult situations a hotel has gone through you know, during this pandemic. So, so even though we're in this time, we are looking forward to having maybe a special Seasons Leadership Program event there as soon as we're able to. But, you know, we continue to have this relationship that is trusted and is aligned to our core values. Yeah, exactly. I really appreciate your honesty. What a powerful story. And you both had similar careers, so I'd love to hear your different perspectives on this value-based leadership that goes above and beyond which we're talking about. Can you describe a time when you had to give someone tough, direct feedback and still remain aligned with your values? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with this one, Marianne. Um, one particular example comes to mind for me. At one point, I had an employee who wasn't performing very well. He had been passed around from department to department and given different types of jobs. And often it was with the saying, well, we don't want to lose this guy from the company because he's such a great guy and he has a family to support, but we need to find him the right role. So let's try him in this one for a while. When I held his performance review discussion, once again, it wasn't good news and he was rated very low. In order to stay congruent with my values, I wanted to try and find out what was driving his poor performance and how we might turn the situation around and not just shuffle him off to yet another assignment. So I sat down with him, even though it was difficult, and I said, 
how would you rate your own performance? And when he told me that he thought he was rated appropriately, I was shocked. And I asked him, do you really want to be doing the job that you're responsible for? And his answer was, you know, no one has ever asked me what I really want to be doing. So thank you for that. I honestly hate this type of work and I've never been good at it. I got put into this sort of role because of some unusual circumstances and timing, but I'm just not happy. I keep hoping someone will just lay me off so I can go do what I really want to do because I can't quit. I wasn't raised that way and it would disappoint my parents and my family. That story ended up having a happy, if unconventional outcome. We were able to lay him off and he ended up pursuing a different career path without violating his own values. I acted in alignment with my values in having the tough conversation, even though it wasn't easy, but it turned out well because I helped him to a solution without violating his values. So it ended up being a win-win, even though it was tough, direct feedback. Susan, what about you? Yeah. Well, that reminds me. So um, I have a I have a couple of examples that that don't have such happy endings, but I do think it's an experience that we all face at some point in our career and life, and it it talks about sticking with your values. Um, as I mentioned before, one of my core values is growth and development. And as part of supporting others' development, I regularly give feedback. I always first try to recognize people's efforts, accomplishments, and strengths because I believe that's a much more motivating and productive way to accelerate growth. Plus, it's also a lot of fun. But sometimes there needs to, I need to provide feedback about correcting poor performance or behavior. This feedback is not easy to give, and I don't want to hurt another person's feelings or erode their confidence or trigger defensiveness. Luckily, most of the time, the conversation goes well. There could be a problem that I didn't know about, and we just need to fix that, or the person just needed some more information, and the situation doesn't repeat itself. But twice in my career, which isn't very much, uh, but twice sticks out in my head, uh, the people were very upset and reacted very negatively by blaming me or others and even acting aggressively. It was surprising and disturbing to me because in my mind, the reaction was extreme. But in both cases, I remembered my value of growth, but I also called in my value of integrity and kindness. I knew I wasn't giving this feedback to hurt the person. I was actually trying to help genuinely. I was, it was important to talk about the current reality and that their performance or behavior was impacting them personally as well as the group. I wanted to use this information to, to help them make informed choices about what they really wanted. Perhaps this wasn't the right job or there was something else. And I felt that even though it's hard to hear, it's actually the kindest thing you can give somebody is honest feedback. In one of the cases, years later, the person reached out to me and apologized, saying that they were there was other things going on in their life that was impacting their behavior, and they did appreciate that I was honest, and they eventually grew from the experience. In the second case, the person found another job 
And I don't really know what happened, but I think remains upset to this day, even though it was a long time ago. I do wish the best for the person, but, you know, I I think that just happens sometimes. Um, It's not always easy to live according to my values when there's, there's a hard thing to say, but I think it was the right thing to do. Well, this has been great. We've talked about how to prioritize values, including integrity, communication, growth, development, community, and many others. Thank you both for sharing your thoughts on leadership. And as we come to a close for today's episode, can you each offer our listeners advice on how to be a true values-based leader? Yeah. Susan, why don't you go first on this one? Okay. Well, I think it's, 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 Here's the thing. Once you identify your core values, life actually gets a bit easier and clearer because you have a compass to gauge how you're doing. I really love that thought of having a compass that uh, hopefully is always pointing true north for you, right? <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's true north for you. You know, it's different for everybody. But right. You know, exactly. Right. Well, I would add to that um, great thought that Susan had about First, you need to start with being conscious of what your values are. And then once you've taken that step of identifying them, like Susan says, like it's easier, but it's important as a leader that you're always true to yourself and those values, even when, or especially when it's hard to do. As leaders, we're always in the spotlight. As Susan said early on, someone's always watching what we do and how we act. If we're acting in accordance with our values, even if people don't agree with them, they will respect that we honored those values. There's many opportunities to be a values-based leader every single day. And we are all leaders to somebody on this earth. If you do everything that you do, make decisions, take actions, live life, all in alignment with your values, then you are a values-based leader. Absolutely. What a great way to end our episode. Thank you both again for taking the time to share your stories and inspirational ideas with us today. Please tune in next time for our next episode, where we will talk about the importance of being resilient. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the Women in Leadership podcast series. If you loved our podcast, we encourage you to sign up for the Seasons Leadership Coaching Program, a year-long leadership program for women designed to support your growth and success as a professional. The program was created to help motivate female leaders and further their self-awareness to live into their potential while making a difference. For more information or to register yourself for Seasons Leadership, visit their website at seasonsleadership.com and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn to stay connected. See you next time.